Yeah, so let's, uh, first of all, I want to say that, yes, tech is challenging. I've been myself for two years trying to figure out how can I commercialize to measure the impact of music. And first of all, it's hard to find really good people uh, that are able in the music industry to solve it. But overall, it's really tough. So I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. And looking at the soundtrack story then, you met your co-founder, uh, Andreas Lifgarden, which was working with licensing and business development at Spotify back then. And then you were also working with Joel Brucho that designed the soundtrack product. But one day, you and Andreas were sitting uh, at a cafe in front of the Spotify HQ in Stockholm 2013. And out of the blue, you decided to walk in and talk to Daniel Eich uh, and Martin Lorenzo. So tell us about uh, that meeting and uh, the vision you sold in, your emotion and thoughts looking back at it today. I think uh, obviously Andreas had, um, you know, direct understanding of how, how Spotify was thinking at time. And remember that was early days for Spotify as well. And, and so did I, I have some very close personal friends who work on, 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 you know, levels that have full understanding of what Spotify is doing the whole time. So, uh, I kind of, it's a small city, Stockholm also. So everyone pretty much knows what's going on. I mean, I think the, the core driver of that was, I mean, all of the three co-founders were very, you know, everyone bought into the idea that we should bring streaming to the B2B market. And I kind of had already started with my previous Beats team that couldn't move to the US when we, when we moved everything over. So I had a, I had a small tech team. So that was good. And we were already experimenting with this. And then uh, Joel and Andreas joined in and kind of thought that, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's kind of take this to the next level. And one very clear learning that I had from Beats was that building the actual backbone or the so-called backend of the music service, meaning the whole ingestion and management of 50 million tracks in terms of just managing it and, and uh, you know, uh, offering it up to a user interface is super complex and very expensive because I just completely uh, underestimated it when we were at Beats. So I had learned the hard way. It takes, you know, 20, 30 million dollars just to build it. Uh, and that's just the beginning. So the driving force of going to Spotify was the best music backend in the world for streaming right now is just across the street. And we were literally in a cafe uh, right across the street. And and uh, so my very you know pragmatic uh, approach was let's go and ask if we could actually do something with them where we could source the back end because either we go to beats and do it or we go across the street and do it or we source it in the market because we're not going to build it and so we did and uh, i think uh, we had a very clear proposition said so like look um, the music industry also has a business to business uh, segment it might not be as big uh, in terms of volume as the consumer segment, but it's very interesting because it reaches a lot of consumer. It's an incremental opportunity for music streaming, not just in terms of consumer reach, but also in terms of monetization. Uh, and by the way, it's completely different than consumer services. It's like building uh, you know, uh, a car versus a truck. It's, the engineering is just completely different. Um, and the user logic is completely different. The licensing is completely different. Uh, the only thing that's not different is the actual commodity, the music that's being sourced. Uh, 
hence uh, very clear logic would be look we can invest and build the user interfacing part of this product but, but we want to use your kind of music backbone to do it in order to save time money and but if we do that together we we can we can start a, a joint venture to do it and uh, we would invest in it both of us and you would have parallel innovation but we were building our own independent company and our own brand and so forth that was the ambition at least when we and the logic the meeting as such i mean was very easy because you know uh, it's a very clear opportunity and we're sweets are easy to deal with like we understand each other and and just kind of just had to figure out how to do it and we did that in half an hour and off we were and by them then becoming the early uh, backers of your vision and your first product that came out with Spotify business and from the lens of uh, licensing because you talked to two different challenges one is the technical back end to build it but the second part is actually design licensing so why was this strategy so crucial in the success of spotify business and soundtrack your brand and how does licensing deals process work and how difficult is it to to get them if you would like to explain it for the listeners okay how do how do i do that in a okay so <laughs> first of all I'll, it is uh extremely difficult um, first of all um, the good news is I had done it before and within the team with within like where me Andreas Joel and some others we had deep knowledge and I had actually done it at Beats before so understood how complex it was the second part of that was there was no B2B solution for music streaming at that point it did not exist when Spotify and you know Beats and everyone went out to kind of set the business model for consumer streaming, they had to architect that model, and that model is the business model is okay. The price should be X, nine ninety nine in their case, and uh, labels should get uh, X percent of that, and publishers should get Y percent of that, and the DSP should get you know Z percent of that, and that's the model and then there's lots of complexities and local pricing and a minima structures and that and greater of shares and so forth so it's like designing a subscription model with with you know all the rights holders in the world in the music industry who aren't the most organized people so uh spotify had been able to do it and kick in doors in terms of the structure of streaming how it works and uh, how you extract money and how you distribute royalties through the value chain. Uh, but for B2B, it did not exist because the blueprint for the truck did not exist. What, what does a truck cost and kind of uh, how do we source components and uh, what's the deal with, you know, everything that had to do with the B2B did not exist. So we had to go out and basically did the same thing as Spotify did for consumer was uh, selling in the vision of that there is a, a big opportunity, selling in the logic that music in the public domain is a very interesting thing for the music industry as such. It can, you know, we can break artists, we can add incremental revenue. Then we needed to kind of align 10,000 rights holders around how much do you keep and how much do we keep? And then what's the price in the market? And that did not happen overnight. Uh, and uh, initially, as you know, Jasmine, we started off in the Nordics because we wanted to do a commercial proof of concept. And in order to do that, Spotify helped us do some initial kind of society-based licensing, licensing in the Nordics. 
and we just to test the concept, the commercial proof of concept, and we very quickly um, kind of realized that this this works. There is a market here, and we became market leaders in the Nordics. We acted under the Spotify uh, business brand and the Spotify enterprise brand uh, because they were sourcing the initial licensing in the back end. But that gave us kind of the the checkbox of okay, this works. And then I think 2015. Uh, we decided, took the big decision to go completely independent, which was the idea from the beginning, but we had the proof points. Hence more, we, more, more global. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. So we set out to actually go after global licensing. So uh, it took us almost three and a half years to get to a point where we had a catalog good enough to go live in, in like an international independent proposition under the soundtrack brand and totally independent from Spotify. And and then a little bit fast forward here we are today live in 74 markets with 50 million tracks, including all of all of the major publishers, all of the major labels and 10,000 uh, label and publishing deals to kind of support our offering. I think there is important to, to talk about the process because I think a lot of people don't have the understanding of the hard work behind it. Uh, the hard work of, of, of putting together that structure, the licensing, but also of, of the work that artists do. So there's so much work behind it and therefore the value of, of paying for it.